This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com, member FDIC. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. They're also co-authors of the book Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. IRAs and Roth IRAs. What's the difference, and when should you contribute to which one? We'll talk about the contribution limits and withdrawal minimums on the show. Also, call in with your general personal finance questions. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Or send an email. It's money at mpbonline.org. Good morning. Hope that you're both doing well this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Now, uh, financial news in the news, and uh, we were chatting about this uh, during the newscast. Um, what was it, 600? Uh, what I heard, and of course, I was just passing through listening to CBS this morning, and I believe they said that the IRS has given out $6 billion less in refunds so far. Wow. And, and possible reasons for that would be um, whether it's late filing or possibly what we what we think has been going on is there was an adjustment of the tax brackets with the new tax law, so people got a little bit more in their paychecks, and that has changed their picture when it came for recent uh, refunds. Yeah, I think one thing we've been talking about a lot is how <laughs> so out of your paycheck, the, what determines how much is withheld out of your paycheck is just this this table. It's literally like a two-page sheet from the IRS that just says, if you get paid this much, withhold this much. And so whoever's doing your payroll just looks at it and says, we're paying them this much, we're going to withhold this much. So that guidance, uh, this was the first time they had needed to change it f- in such a big way uh, in a long time, so they changed it, and they, they made the withholding a little more accurate so that people wouldn't be getting such big refunds, um, which meant you were getting we more like in your pay- You were getting yeah. more in your pay check all year last year, but, you know, you don't necessarily notice, oh, you know, 30 more dollars every uh, two weeks. What you notice is that you got 500 less back um, at the end of the year. And because and, that 500, that's a big number that you can remember that $30. I don't know, man, you can you can spend uh, that real quick. Absolutely. And so even though it added up such that, you know, you got a lot more back, um, people really only think about it kind of when they have to do that paperwork and they have to write that number down and sign that piece of paper or do that, you know, you know, TurboTax, whatever you do, and, and, and you end up, oh, no, I was getting so much less. That's well, and, and I'm glad we're talking about uh, IRAs because this is about the only thing you can do at this late stage to try to lower your tax bill. Um, mm-hmm. We uh, headed to Starkville last night, Kevin, mm-hmm. uh, with the MPB crew. Uh, we had a had great so turnout up there. Of course, uh, we came back in some really interesting storms. Thank <coughs> goodness Jason was at the wheel. But Ronnie Agnew was like, oh, Nancy, my tax bill. What can I do? What can I do? <laughs> um, 
right now, an IRA is about the only thing you can do. But for those people who are finding they're having to pay in when they didn't before or their refund is not what they wanted, this is a good time to go back and look at how much you're having taken out each paycheck and maybe adjust that. Look at your deductions. If you still are doing itemized deductions, is there something you can do to help your case there? But other than that, you're just, you know, pay up. So you can go to your payroll person any time during the year and having your withholding You should adjusted. be able to, yeah. yeah. And so there, as Ryder mentioned, they're following a table, but you, most companies will allow you some flexibility in adjusting that amount so that you're not faced with a big bill. All right, just a curious here, a couple of things on this. Um, you're getting more in your check but less of a refund. Uh, which do you think the average Joe wants, uh, more in their monthly check? A refund. Check? They want a refund. Uh, I think what we're seeing from people talking about it is people absolutely want that refund. Okay. Because, again, again, you, it's it, hard to notice. Uh 30 bucks uh, every two weeks, um, even though that would be, what, like $750 less that you paid in taxes all year. But then when you come to the end of the year, you would notice a $500 check that, you know, you're no longer getting. But the comparison, I mean, you're way better off to have less withheld. From a financial advisor standpoint, is it better for someone to get this huge lump sum no, one time of the year? No, or, okay. because you're giving the government um, a loan of your money. You're not earning anything off of that. And if you could be more disciplined and if you got $30 extra on your paycheck, put that into a savings account, then you'd have your nice fat refund that you could do something with. It is a type of forced savings. And, you know, we're human beings. And so we, we think in these weird ways about that small number doesn't mean that much. It doesn't register on a regular basis. But as Ryder said, a lump sum at the beginning of the year. Now I've got something I can do something with. I can buy a new television. And of course, we have counted on that to push our economy in the first quarter. I I will say in general, you know, the financial advisor, you know, throw it all on a spreadsheet. Yes, it absolutely makes more sense for you to have less withheld so that you have more during the year and you can save more during the year. Um, But what's also important is that people are happy with their financial plan. And if they love getting that large refund, or maybe they're just super disciplined with the refund, and every year they're like, well, every year I just put the refund. refund." Uh, You know, um, everybody is unique, Nancy. And uh, and so if if you're always looking forward to that refund to say, you know, I'm going to invest that refund every time, um, then maybe, yeah, you do want somebody else to force you to do that. But of course, there's all sorts of automatic deductions you could do. You could just put more in your 401k. You could set up a regular transfer out of your savings account. You can do all kinds of things to give it that same kind of uh, psychological effect. This discussion sort of reminds me of when um, people that work for the state of Mississippi retire, they get the option of that 13th check or oh boy, do a they monthly love it. Thing. And they love that 13th check, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know just from my the way I deal with money, I think it would be easier to not splurge on something dumb if it's a monthly thing as opposed to this. Because I think that when someone gets a huge chunk of money, they think, wow, I'm going to go... 
you know, crazy. Well, it, I mean, it kind of goes two ways because you also have folks who are, well, you know, this is my paycheck and this is how much I can spend because I know I'll get that every month. And so if you had some way of reducing that, you know, kind of forcing yourself to spend less throughout the year, then, you know, while you might kind of, you know, quote unquote, go crazy when you get that large single check, um, you might also just find that you don't have a lot of need for it because you're not living a lifestyle that already accounts for that. Well, and that um, brings us to, again, this this human tendency to live at the level of our income or more. Oh, yeah. And so, you That's know, a very real um, thing. if we get more money every paycheck, we somehow we incorporate that into our regular routine and we can't account for it and it's gone. Yeah, you'll go through like two months of being like delighted that you have money left over at the end of the month and then that third month you'll be like, I spent it. It was great. Yeah. Well, I remember years ago the NBA players went on strike and one of the <laughs> players made a similar argument saying, you know, we earn a lot more money so we spend on more things. But And it was sort of made fun of at the time but it, I think you're right that if you've got that money you're like, what the heck's it sitting in my bank account for? I need to go out and spend it. I mean, that That is what you earn it for. But. That's human nature. <laughs> All right, so we're going to be talking about IRAs uh, today and taking personal finance questions as we do each Tuesday. The number to call is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can always email the show as well. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. Before we go, we'll delve into IRAs just a little bit. Uh, first of all, when would someone want to establish an IRA? Anytime? Um, yes. Early in their life. Oh, well, the earlier the better, but you need to have earnings, meaning okay. I've got uh, I'm working a job. And so uh, we have teenagers who are you know working at part time jobs, summer jobs. They can go ahead and set up an IRA at that time. And they're the perfect candidates for doing that. They have low income. Uh, it can be tax deductible or they can use a Roth IRA, which is not tax deductible, but gives them some great benefits later on. And um, but you just need to have some earnings and you can move through with that. Now, having said earnings, there is something called a spousal IRA. So if you have a non-earning spouse, uh, let's say a stay-at-home partner, and that person can also contribute because of the spouse's earnings. All right. Time for our first break. When we get back, we will delve into our discussion about IRAs, but we're also looking for your personal finance questions. A reminder of that phone number again, it's one eight seven seven mpb ring it's one 672 Email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. How many people do you think have some type of IRA? 31%, 54%, 62%. We'll have the answer for you after the break, so stay tuned. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. If you ever miss part of the show, one way to go back and listen again is to go to mpbonline.org slash money talks. Or you can download the MPB public media app. It's free for your uh, iPhone or Android phone. Then you can listen to not only Money Talks, but all the shows on MPB Think Radio on your schedule. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. We're talking today about IRAs, and before the break, we had a question. How many people uh, How many people do you think have some type of IRA? 31%, 54%, 62%. Let's uh, take a guess. What, what do you all think? I'm going with 30. Th- I, I would choose the 31. Whatever. 31% of Americans have an IRA, according to a 2017 survey. Interestingly enough, the study also reveals that 56% of Americans think that all IRAs are the same. And that's one thing that we're going to be talking about today. Is Ooh, they, they are, are not. not. The, the other thing, the reason that percentage is so low is most people don't realize that you can have an employer plan, a 401k, and open an IRA on top of that, depending on your income. Uh, We've got a caller on the line, so we will invite uh, Patricia in from Potatalk with a comment for us. Go ahead, Patricia. You're on the air. Okay. I'm not good at all this income tax stuff and uh, federal tax stuff, but uh, my husband worked for the school, and at the end of the year, we got ready to fill our income tax and stuff out. We had to pay a lot more in, which I thought because I had retired, we probably wouldn't have to pay as much in. But that he was paying for my insurance, which I got on Medicare, and when they would take it, they weren't taking anything out of his check hardly. And I never noticed the check stub when we got it. I never noticed that. They didn't even inform us that they weren't taking hardly anything out. And at the end of the year, we had to pay a lot in because they were going by what he was bringing home instead of what, you know, so he, they didn't take a lot out. So we end up paying a lot in. That happens to a lot of couples um, because the assumption is that that each employee is the the lone income in that household, and so that's why you need to really watch those pay stubs and look for any changes and consider all of your income sources and adjust according to that. Yeah, and go ahead, go ahead. So what should I do? Should I let him not claim me at the end of the year? or Do you, do you have someone who helps you with your taxes? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, you need to go to that person, and based on what happened this year, mm-hmm. ask for some guidance on how to adjust his deductions. So you need to take more out every time he gets paid to, mm-hmm. so that you don't get hit with this next time around. Um, he, he, drew, he drove for a, a dump truck company. And they didn't take anything out, so we end up really. And hurt. it could be that um, you know if if he's you know this extra work that he's doing could be like a contract person, so he's not considered an employee. They're just paying mm-hmm. him for the job, which means now you have more income. That again, no taxes have been taken out. You may have to pay quarterly estimates, which is what I do. 
Yeah. So one thing I would think about, and, and this happens a lot of transition. So like she mentioned, you know, it, this happened when she retired. So she, she had a change from what was happening before. And you have to look at each income source. I don't know, uh, Patricia, if you know, you're on, uh, have social security or any retirement income, but it may be, uh, look at each check that you're receiving. It, you know, you may be taking money and for other folks, you know, you may be taking money out of an IRA. You may be taking social security. You may have a pension. All of those, you may, you know, you may need to have some withholding. And if you don't have withholding on those, uh, even though, you know, the taxes will be different on each of those, then whatever check, whatever income is coming in, you need to make sure that the tax is accounted for on all of those sources. Even if it's just taken out of one check, you just need to make sure it's it's an accurate number. And that's what Nancy said. Talk with whoever's preparing your taxes. They'll be able to do out, crank out the forms for you to be able to, to, be able to send to who, uh, HR or Social Security Administration, whoever is uh, doing And also know that you can have taxes taken out of your Social Security check. There's a special form that you file to do that. But um, for those people who are faced with this situation, that's an easy thing to do. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you all so much. All right. Thanks for the call, Patricia. We've got some open phone lines on Money Talks this morning. Talking about IRAs and personal finance questions are always fair game. So give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. And actually, that just kind of reminds me, just a reminder for the audience, the state of Mississippi, your retirement income is not taxed. So once you, you know, are taking money from IRAs, pensions, Social Security, that 5% state tax, which was it was a fairly flat tax, pretty much 5% for everybody over $10,000, uh, you don't have that anymore. So that's you know why a lot of folks think, oh, you know, I'm not paying these state taxes anymore, but you still do have the federal taxes. So just keep that in mind. And those, depending on your income, can end up being a lot more than the state tax. All right. So am I correct in saying the main difference between a Roth IRA and an IRA is when the money gets taxed? Exactly. So um, what we call a traditional IRA means you get a tax break when you put that money in the IRA account. And um, so that helps people who are needing some extra income now. They need to lower their tax bill now. A Roth IRA, you don't get that tax break, but it grows tax-free. The traditional IRA, when you retire and you start taking that money out, whatever you put in that you never pay tax on, plus all the growth of that, you're going to have to report that as you take it out. The Roth IRA is great because it's totally tax-free. All right, so what's a simple IRA? A simple IRA is going to be a a business IRA, and that's going to be for small employers, up to 100 employees. We have a simple IRA at our company, and it's very easy, very simple to set up. Um, We do a lot of that for small offices, small businesses, and it's a way for them to provide an employer plan without all the expense of, of a 401k. All right, so and I assume most financial institutions will be able to help you set up an IRA? Yes, it's really easy. Yes. Now, um, a lot of people will say to me when I sit down and they'll say, well, I have an IRA. Well, what's in the IRA? Well, it's an IRA. And so they have this mindset that an IRA is something you open at the bank and typically is certificates of deposit, you know, CDs. But an IRA is just an account registration, and you can put anything in it just depending on where you open it. You can open it at a mutual fund. You can open it at a brokerage house. You can open it at the bank. Um, and that will determine what securities are within the IRA. 
All right, so Ryder, what uh, what kind of questions uh, do you think uh, someone should have in mind uh, when they go to set up an IRA? Um, so uh, since we've been talking about Roth and tr- versus traditional, is is kind of which one is most appropriate for you? Um, and and that will depend on uh, several factors. Generally speaking, the Roth, since you pay taxes now and you take the money out tax-free. That makes a lot of sense if you're, one, if you're in a low tax bracket right now and you expect to be in a high tax bracket later, uh, or you know that you have such a long time to allow that money to grow. Uh, Those are the two really important factors that weigh in favor of a Roth IRA. Uh, A traditional IRA, traditional style IRA, uh, similar to a 401k or something, um, the factors that help that out are, are you in a high tax bracket now um, or are you closer to retirement? So if you're closer to retirement, you're probably making some of the most money you've ever made. Um, and you're going to be very soon moving to when you start withdrawing it, you'll withdraw it possibly at a lower rate because you won't have that other income. Um, but also you'll be withdrawing it at your combined rate. You put the money in and you save money at your top rate. But when you take money out, you are only paying at a combined rate, which is always going to be lower lower than your top rate. Um, so it's it's the time that you have to go and your current tax bracket and what you anticipate your future tax well, bracket. Well, also, there are different income limits as far as who can take advantage of a traditional IRA versus who can take advantage of a Roth IRA. And I think you have those, Ryder? Yes, there are. So Roth IRA does have more generous income limits because, I mean, again, it's all about paying the taxes now. So that's, you know, there's there's, there's no, no big deal there. Um, for a traditional IRA, uh, for a couple married, uh, filing jointly with, uh, they also have a 401k at work, for set, for example. Um, that income limit is 103 to 123,000. So again, you that's where you get the deduction uh, for the amount that you put in. Um, and with a Roth IRA married filing jointly, it's one hundred ninety three to two hundred and three thousand. So that's again at one hundred ninety three and below that you can put in the full six thousand dollars or uh, seven thousand if you are over the age of fifty. Uh, and then that slowly phases out into well quickly phases out to two hundred at two hundred and three thousand um, dollars. If you're single um, and again for the traditional IRA you do have a workplace plan that's sixty four thousand dollars to $74,000. That's where that limit is. Uh, and single for a Roth IRA is 122 to 137. Um, but if you're not covered by a workplace plan, then the traditional and the Roth limits are effectively the same. So it is a, it does change the calculation if you do have a workplace plan. And oftentimes a workplace plan is a great place to start putting money in. They often have much higher limits. Um, in fact, I believe all workplace plans have higher limits than the personal plans. Uh, And just the benefit of being able to have somebody else handle taking that out of your paycheck for you is very convenient. Um, It's just a matter of what are are the fees, what are the investment options, uh, and how comfortable you are with that plan. So limits means that's the most you can have in that account? That's the most you can earn. That's income limits. Okay. All right. uh, We've got a caller on the line. Let's uh, take that before our next break. It's John called in from South Haven. Good morning, John. Go ahead, please. Uh, Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, One quick question and then one comment. Uh, I heard this uh, TV show that uh, you were referring to about the uh, free file from the IRS and the income limit was $66,000. And she made mention of a billable form 
from the IRS, it, I make more than $66,000. And King and I still use the free file system, but pay fee. Oh, um, I, I think you can. Of course, it's no longer free file. Right. Because they do offer through the IRS website some paid services that you can use if you bump over that income limit. And I'm supposing that's what they're talking about. Okay. Well, I, that's what I'm not clear on because I just use a, a purchase a commercial uh, thing like TurboTax or right. all mm-hmm. that stuff yeah. uh, and use it. But if I could use the government one for less, that'd be great. Well, I, I don't know that it's um, actually a government one. Mm-hmm. I think it's the, yeah, they, they outsource that. They do that. use third-party providers. Yes. And uh, one trick with things like TurboTax, depending on how complicated your taxes are, you can usually go kind of all the way through it and, um, and kind of see how to fill out the forms yourself if you just want the kind of assistance working through it. Um, it's the it's the actual submission, and this may have changed in more recent years. But it used to be that you could actually kind of go through it, and you could see everything you would need to fill out on the paper forms yourself uh, before paying, and. It was just the submission of it, which is, you know, gosh, that's a that makes it totally easier and faster if you pay them to submit it for you. But that was all you were paying them for. So uh, you might can play around with a TurboTax or a free, uh, I think it's Free Tax USA or something, um, and and get a lot of answers to your taxes, and maybe that will help you without having to actually pay the full the full rate. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'll, I've already gotten my refund, so this year's. It's a moot point, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I was wondering about for next year. And my comment, my suggestion is this. Roth IRAs and Roth 401s, you can leave the money to your heirs, Mm -hmm. and it's much better for them. That's true. But uh, fortunately, we saved a lot of money when I was working, and I'm actually in a higher tax bracket because I have to take distributions from my regular IRAs. And so be careful how much you save in a, a normal IRA and put the money in a Roth for later. <laughs> well, yeah. that, that also means that you need to diversify as far as your taxes are concerned. Mm-hmm. So you don't end up with this problem. Um, one of the things that we're doing for folks that are in your situation, when they think about their donations to recognized charities, mm-hmm. they're using uh, at least part of those required minimum distributions to do that. I do that, too. Good. Yes, I do. I, I heard that on this show, actually. All right. Uh, thank you very much. And that was all I say just be careful how much you say but my economics professor said he doesn't mind paying taxes the more taxes he pays means the more money he made i try to tell people that but they don't listen <laughs> all right there john, you go, john. Okay, thank, thank you all right thanks for the con- phone call john we need to take another break today on money talks we are talking about iras but we're also looking for your personal finance questions as we do each tuesday morning the number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring it's one eight seven seven six or you can send an email. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. A question to think about during the break. IRAs were first introduced in 1974, but there was a change made in 2002. What was the change? Was it spousal IRAs, IRAs for those under 20, or catch-up contributions? We'll have the answer for you after the break. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. 
listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. They're also co-authors of the book Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. We're talking about IRAs today in addition to taking your personal finance questions. Uh, and before the break, we asked about the change to the IRA law in 2002. Uh, I polled the experts here during the break, and they are two for two on our IRA questions because it was in 2002 that catch-up contributions were allowed, so it gives workers 50 and older an option to sock away a little extra cash for retirement. So when you hit that 50th birthday, um, go back and look at that. You can do that for IRAs and for 401ks and 403bs. All right. Um, <clears throat> can someone set up an IRA for another person, perhaps maybe a parent setting up one for their children? Um, well, we do yes. have that happening a lot. And so, yeah, it's just like setting up a regular investment account, a custodial account, you set up a custodial IRA. But the trick is, well, what it can has, you put into it? Um, well, I, let me just say, it has to be for a minor child. Okay. And yeah. so that happens when you have a teenager and they're just getting started and you want them to go ahead and start saving and get them into the habit and they have some earnings. I mean, um, you Parents could, will do this. You could open one up for someone else so long as you did legally talk them into putting their signature on the account right. it's for their I mean, account. You could, you could fill out the paper for them. And we have and you that. Can put, and you can put money into someone else's IRA. Yes. As long and, as you're not pushing um, over the limit. We have that a lot because we have parents with grown children who want to help them save for retirement, who want to donate to their... Um, Donate to their retirement. That's, well, that's uh, they, kind. <laughs> they want to. They, they want, want to, to give, give them money, money, but they want to put some constraints on it. So yeah. that's why they'll put it in some type of retirement account. Okay, uh, let's and go. Go ahead. Just, just an important thing with that is that you are limited um, by not only you know you know if you're making too much money, uh, you 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 have in, uh, contribution limits there, but also you're limited by how much you earn. So when we're talking about minor children, you know if you have a summer job and you earn like a thousand dollars, you can't put in six thousand dollars into your Roth IRA. You can only put in up to what you earned because it's it's earned income uh, that that counts there. So it, you know it. it Gift, gifted income does not count. Um, uh, dividends and interest and you know royalties. Say your your young child is a is a landman and they own lots of uh, royalties and they're getting in oil money all every day. Um, that that doesn't count. It has to be earned income. Okay, uh, we've got Bill on the line from Memphis. Bill, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, please. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. I have. I'm required to take an RMD to calculate the amount. Do I also include my Roth IRA? No. No. Good. That's what I was hoping. But uh, somewhere I heard that it was your total IRAs. But, well, it's uh, it's your total traditional IRAs. And, 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 and 401k rollover. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. That's the big advantage with a Roth IRA. You don't have to take those required minimum distributions. And a previous caller talked about the advantage in being able to pass on that money to your heirs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I thank you. I uh, mm-hmm. wasn't sure. 
absolutely. And and just one thing because he did mention four hundred one ks is you know so uh, our uh, traditional IRAs four hundred one ks four hundred three bs four fifty seven fs whatever all those all of the tax deferred style traditional style ones you will have to take an RMD from you're required to take money out at seventy and a half and that's just because you've got this tax break all your life for putting money in the IRS comes back and gets their cut someday. And that day is when you're 70 and a half. But uh, you can kind of aggregate if you have like three IRAs. So you just have them at different places. You never consolidate. You never got organized. What, or maybe you're way too organized and you have three different IRAs. Um, you can consolidate the RMD and, and just take it out of one account. Um, and there are some account types that crosses over, I believe. But f- largely, if you have a 401k and an IRA, you, you have to take them out um, separately. So that can be a little tricky, even if you consider all the those accounts is like, oh, this is the same sort of account, the same sort of tax deferred. I can just take it out of one of them. Um, that's not quite right. Although they have been, they have been consolidating the rules to all these accounts lately uh, in the past, you know, decade. So hopefully that's coming. And if you don't take out your required <laughs> minimum distribution, that is the calculation based on the value of all of those tax deferred accounts and your age, there is a 50% penalty. Wow. So that's something you need to keep close track of. Uh, but let me just put a qualifier in here on this, because sometimes we, uh, we see people who slip up and uh, let that birthday go past and don't take it out. The IRS is forgiving, so you can fill out the forms and get that money back. <laughs> All right. A couple Strict more forgiving. listener questions. Uh, this one from an email from Richard in Biloxi, who says, I have to take out the required minimum distribution from my IRA this year. Do I have to sign somehow declare that as an RMD or just take out enough money to satisfy the requirement? We just take out enough to satisfy the requirement. Um, what the IRS gets is, uh, and this is this is an informational tax form that most custodians have started sending out. It's like a 5468, and it comes out after tax time. It just says, what did your account balance? What was your account balance at the beginning of the year? And so the IRS has a good idea of what you should have taken, and that's just kind of a records-keeping thing so that if uh, I don't know that they're doing anything with it yet, I don't know if they're comparing all those to what people withdrew to check and see if people satisfied their RMDs, um, but that's that's possibly something that's going to come down the line, just like you know, they compare your income to make sure you took out enough income taxes, that sort of thing. All right. Uh, Richard has another question that says, I may take additional distributions this year, which could mean I owe taxes next year. Do I have to make an estimated tax payment now, even though at this time I owe no taxes next year? Or must I assume I will owe and make the first quarter estimated tax payment now? Well, we're not CPA, so you need to consult with your CPA. But typically, as long as you take out and pay in, based on the previous year, um, then you're fine. And if you're not over uh, a certain amount as far as, you know, you just would owe huge amounts and you never paid in, then it's not a problem. Yeah, there there is a dollar amount um, f- for, you know, if you underpaid by, say, like $5,000. Uh, so if, if you... That's taxes, not if you find If you find yourself in April cutting a $5,000 check, then the, I, I think that's the dollar limit. I, and, and that may be completely different this year as well, because again, big tax law changes. Um, then you are supposed to... Uh, 
uh, file quarterly. Now, I don't know that there is any enforcement of that. And of course, if you just kind of just adjust your withholding a little bit better, uh, then, you know, there wouldn't really be a whole lot of point to that. Um, but the idea is that we are actually required to pay taxes. Our taxes are supposed to be coming in quarterly to the IRS. For most of us, for the, all your life, your employer is doing that for you. Um, if you were taking money out of your IRA, if you're doing withholding from any tax, you're, someone else is doing that quarterly payment for you. Um, but if you find yourself in a situation where you are having to pay a large check, you really ought to look into quarterly um, quarterly estimates. All right. Another listener asked about fees connected with IRAs. Well, um, it's I, just like any other investment. Yeah, I, I, there can be fees. Uh, typically, you'll see a, a custodians will charge ten dollars up to one hundred and fifty dollars per account for that, and it usually just comes straight out of that. Uh, it's not counted as a distribution. Yeah, and it's just like any other investment account. You know, if you have someone managing it, they may be charging a fee there. Um, if you have a you know mutual funds, mutual funds will still have their fees. If you if you have more expensive products in there, they will still have their fees. Um, but there's no there's no real set you know IRA unique fees that I know of. Most of them are treated pretty similarly to other accounts. Okay, so we've been talking about the RMD, the required minimum, minimum. distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what? When do you have to start taking that? Ooh, the year that you turn 70 and a half. And this is my favorite thing because people get real confused about this. Like, when is what? what is my 70 and a half birthday? <laughs> like, one, come on, celebrate your half birthdays. Um, but it is the year in which you are mostly 70. So that's that's the rationale there for picking your 70 and a half birthday. So in my that. case, a September birthday, I would really be doing it as age 71. Mm-hmm. Right. It would be the year right. you turn 71, but it's also the year you turn 70 and a half. Okay. <laughs> uh, can you take out money before that? Sure. Um, yeah. Now, if you take it out before you're 59 and a half, the other half, um, then there will be penalties. They want us to wait at least until that point. And we will be at least close to retirement or maybe already retired. Mm-hmm. And then again, as we talked about Roth IRA versus traditional, when you take out money from the traditional one, you're you're paying taxes on it. Right. You're going to mm-hmm. have, uh, even though you might be 59 and a half, so you don't have that 10% penalty for early withdrawals, you're still taking money out that's never been taxed. And Uncle Sam is going to get his slice of the pie. Yeah. It just counts as income. It's, one, it's in that top section of your 1040. Okay, time for another break. We've got some open phone lines ready for your questions about IRAs or your personal finance. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We talked about some penalties associated with having an IRA. If you're careless, we'll make sure you're aware of them. When we come back from this break, you are listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson and Ryder Taff, and we've been talking about IRAs today in addition to taking some personal finance questions. Uh, we've talked about penalties associated with the IRA, but a quick reminder, uh, if you remove funds from your IRA before reaching the age of 59 and a half, you'll be assessed a 10% early withdrawal penalty. This includes rolling over funds, but not in a timely fashion. And then the big one, if you neglect withdrawal your required minimum distribution from your traditional IRA, you face a penalty equal to 50% of the amount you failed to take out. But as uh, Nancy mentioned, you can get that money back? There is a way. If you get caught, you have to file a special form. You have to go ahead and pay the money in and then file the form and wait for them to send it back to you. Okay. Uh, We've got some calls to wrap up the hour with, and we will begin in Oxford. Chris is on the line. Good morning, Chris. Go ahead, please. Um, Good morning. I have a question. Um, All of my um, retirement money is invested with TIA Crafts. I've been in the college system for 30-plus years. Unfortunately, I'm never able to take advantage of that for my children for college. And I was wondering, we have, we have pretty significant um, is there a way for us to take money out of our retirement to pay those down. Is there any kind of circumstance? We've tried asking TIA Crafts. Um, several times their representatives keep changing on us and we're not getting a lot of information from them. They don't want us to remove the money. We're, my wife and I are approaching 59. Um, so we're thinking is now the time that we should start paying down? Because right now the Parent PLUS loans, we're paying 8%. Yeah. Um, Well, so there's a couple things that kind of go into this. Uh, One, you are allowed to take some money out of traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs for education expenses. But I I am fairly certain that paying a loan does not count as that education expense. Um, So if you do want to take money out of the IRA, you're going to have to either do it with the early penalty or wait until you're 29 and a half. But here is another consideration. Um, So you mentioned paying 59 and a half. What, oh, sorry, what did I say? Yeah, no. I meant to say 59 and a half. You know, I'm, I'm, my apologies. I, I have no idea what number yeah, I said. Yeah, the one thing that, that's really bugging me with this, though, um, Ryder, is that uh, she said TIA craft. So, Chris, yeah. um, when you have TIA craft, you can choose to have part of your money in the TIAA annuity, or you can be yeah, in. Half and half? Half and half, okay. Okay, so the half that's in the annuity, you can't just start wholesale taking it out or even wholesale rolling it over. You can only do 10% a year over 10 years. That one has a a lot of internal rules about it. Now, one of the things I'm, you know, gosh, um, to give you some more flexibility, the the CREF portion could be rolled to an IRA, yeah, so here's one of my concerns, uh, just in general, about taking money out of an IRA to pay off a loan. Um, so on a loan, the interest rate is the cost of that money. So you are paying you know, $0.08 cents for every dollar that you pay on that loan. Um, but taking money out of an IRA, your cost of that is uh, the, the federal tax. So now, if you are in a tax bracket... Yeah. yeah. Was that? So, yeah, you know, if, 
you're in a 20 or 25% tax bracket, it is way more expensive to take money out of your IRA than to, to pay that loan. Uh, now, that being said, of course, you know, we just, we just don't have any other source of money. Um, and that's, that's just what we have to do. But, you know, take that into consideration. Um, you know, I, I, we get this question a lot and, and we hear of people wanting to do this a lot. And just one consideration is, you know, when it's so much more expensive to take money out of an IRA than it is just to keep paying the loan as normal, you know, look for other options, including uh, advanced repayment plan, different repayment plans on the loan um, that will just make it more affordable. Just because, again, that IRA money is 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 some of the most expensive money you have to access, and especially if you start withdrawing it early. Because that's just another ten percent on top of whatever your top tax. Well, rate I mean, is. one thing to to do to make it a little less painful um, is instead of taking out wholesale amounts to totally clear out loans, is to increase mm-hmm. what you're drawing out yeah. to make the payments. Now, you are creating still a higher tax liability because that whatever comes out in the payment, whether it's you know three or four hundred dollars a month, that's going to be taxable income, but it won't be as big of a bill and won't maybe push you into a higher tax bracket as what would happen if you just, you know, took out 15000 and cleared it out. And that's exactly what our tax accountant said. Um, mm-hmm. he, he basically said, take out just enough to make it an easier payment for you mm-hmm. and start whittling down on this because you can't go into retirement with it. Um, so start knocking it off gradually and, um, you know, take out like a certain amount every year. Yeah, but I got it. As far as the taxes, yeah, that makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt anyway. We slice it. Right. Yeah, and that's the unfortunate thing. Sometimes it's just that. That's the only extra sort. You know, we've we've cut our budget everywhere else. We we don't have a lot of other options. And so, you uh, know. let me let me just ask one other thing. Um, do you own your house? Um, we have a mortgage on it. Yes. Okay. Um, how long have you been in the house? We've been there. For, 10, 14 years. Okay. Uh, what's the interest rate? 10, yeah. Um, well, 3.78. I mean, we've got a great mortgage right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just thought about if, if it were a little bit higher um, because our, our long-term mortgage rates have dipped recently, we are seeing people refinancing. So it could be that you could refinance and take money out yeah. of the equity in the house to clear out the student loans. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just don't know if I have confidence in the housing. Uh, I will say I'm not often a huge fan of that strategy, uh, just because it is moving from an unsecured student loan to a secured on your home loan. Right, got to be um, disciplined. But uh, yeah. when you're looking at you know refinancing at four or five percent, that's probably going to be a lot cheaper than taking money out of the IRA, and 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 possibly again like we're talking about doing, you know, just doing a small amounts, just doing just enough to make it affordable. And, and what I would also suggest again, student loans, you know, people, people get very, very, uh, scared of them. It doesn't sound like you, you're, you know, that put off by them. I'm proud of you, but, um, uh, talk well, with we were the, told it was easier to take that than to, than to use our retirement way back, but we have well, four children. Yeah. And a couple of them did victory laps. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> oh dear. Um, those victory laps are not the cheap ones, are they? Um, but uh, so speaking about um, using using that to reduce reduce the cost of uh, reduce the cost of the money that you're paying that loan down, but also using uh, working with your servicer to see if you know say hey you know if I refinance my home, got an extra ten thousand out, paid ten thousand, could I get a better could I get better repayment terms? Could I get repayment terms that maybe uh, put that monthly payment uh, within the reach of just my monthly income? Uh, so, you know, trying to get a little creative with your strategies and seeing and working with your servicer, your student loan servicer, to see what they'll do for you as well. Because, I mean, again, they're working with an unsecured loan. Uh, they're often very happy to do things that will uh, give them greater probability of repayment. All right, uh, Chris, we appreciate your phone call. We have got less than a minute left. What uh, final thoughts would you like to leave people with about IRAs? Well, you have until you file your taxes, and uh, for most of us, it's going to be April 15th. Monday. To contribute to your IRA for last year, for 2018. And uh, so talk with your tax preparer and see if you fit, whether it's on the income for the Roth IRA or the traditional IRA, and see if you can find the money to do it. All right. And I would say uh, that uh, with the Roth IRA, if you, you know, if you have a, a high school student or someone or, or a college student, someone first starting out in your job, I would jump on that because it really is a, a, a huge oh, it's benefit. An excellent, excellent benefit for someone like that. All right. That is going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from listeners like you. If you need to hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to MPB online.org slash money talks or you can listen to our podcast search for money talks on your favorite podcast app our show is produced each week by liz gill and our call screener today was java chapman so for nancy lotridge anderson and Ryder taff i'm kevin farrell stay tuned up next at 10 it's in legal terms we'll be back next tuesday at nine for another money talks it's heard only on mpb think radio for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 